Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of Full Exposure with me, your host, Brian Kelly. Hey, so what are you asking? You're asking me, what is the premise of your podcast, Brian Kelly? What can it be? Well, it's pretty simple. I invite a guest to my studio in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The first thing we do is we create a portrait together. They come into my world of portrait photography. And then as soon as that photo shoot ends, we sit down immediately and have a conversation. And we just see where it goes. Because many times a great conversation starts during a photography session. And then the photography session ends. And so does the conversation. So you get to listen in on how we extend our conversations together after we shoot together in my studio. And it's just a lot of fun. So my guest today is fashion model Ainsley Guglielmi. And at the age of 19, is already a top 50 fashion model in the world. And you say, okay, well, yeah, that's a top 50. That sounds pretty good. What does that mean, Mr. Brian? Well, what it means, it's really a business metric. It's an official metric. It isn't like some popularity contrast or Instagram followers. What it means is uh, Ansley's become uh, quite a business. And it's a metric that measures the number of magazine pages that she's in. That could be advertising campaigns or global runway shows that she's in or editorial pages. That means like fashion spreads, things like that. Um so really it means, again, she's become a big business since she moved to New York City just three years ago at the age of only 16. And she's from Grand Rapids, Michigan, my hometown. Um, and already she's been on the covers of Vogue, Numero, and featured in many, many magazine spreads across the globe. But most importantly, Ansley has recently been the face of major advertising campaigns by the likes of Givenchy, Yes, I said that. Givenchy. You might say, if you're from Michigan, you might say, Givenchy. No, it's Givenchy. Okay. Jill Sanders, another major fashion house that she's been uh, the face of. And uh, maybe you've heard of this one, Versace. I think you might have heard of Versace. Or you could say, Versace. I don't know. Maybe like, uh, like saying cheese, like mozzarella, you're supposed to say like mozzarella. Well, you could say Versace. I don't know. Anyway, Ansley is really, uh, she's, she's big time. And she's only 19 and handling some tremendous pressure within her industry. She's doing it with grace and, and a much needed uh, support from her mom who was at our studio. And she's a great kid, but I was really impressed with our conversation together. Um, you know, she's really handling not only her business, but just this industry that's notorious for grinding up young talent and spitting it out. And uh, she enjoys traveling the world. But her eyes is on a larger prize. She set uh, some very big goals for herself within the industry. And I think after you listen to this conversation, you're going to understand why I totally believe that the only limits that this uh, girl, Ansley, is going to have are the ones that she puts on herself. And we also got to shoot a bit in the studio, and I don't often in Grand Rapids get to shoot a, a top fashion model in the world, but man, it was fun. And I think we made some pretty good work together. I might say that. I might, If I can say that myself, I think we shot some really good stuff. So you have to go to the Full Exposure podcast page on Facebook and check out the portraits that I shot of Ansley. Um, I think you'll like those. And I also think you like this conversation. So here's a pitch. Here's the only pitch I do. Um, this full exposure 
with Brian Kelly Podcast is fueled by passion and Brian Kelly Photography and Brian Kelly Productions. It's almost like I have a competition somehow to see how many times I can say my name. And I don't like that. It's just what my company is named after. It's me. Who else could it be? I can't be Joe Smith. I got to be me. I got to be Brian. So anyway, as always, if you're thinking about embarking on a photo or video project, just please reach out to me, man. Let's just talk about it. Or women. I like to work with women equally as men. It's great. And um, I also like to work with companies of all sizes, all budget ranges. The thing is, reach out to me. I do video productions that uh, I really love to do. Also, photography projects. It could be an ad campaign. could be for your website. It doesn't really matter. Let's engage. Let's start a conversation and see if we can collaborate together on something, Okay. That's the end of the pitch. All right, so enjoy my conversation with Ansley Guglielmi, and I'll see you on the flip side of this nice, engaging conversation with a top 50 fashion model in the world. I gave you the good stool, because mine's broken. It is a good stool. And, it feels good. And yeah. under, under this strain that the current stool is under that I'm sitting on, it could it could splinter at any minute, just so you know. So if I just disappear from this <laughs> yeah. table, you know that maybe the... I'll have to carry it on. Yeah. Talk to myself. <laughs> That'd be great. If you had to one meal a day, what day, what, what would it be? Oh, well, breakfast food is definitely my favorite. Okay. Uh, my always eat breakfast. Oatmeal. What's your go-to breakfast? That's oatmeal. what I want to know. Oatmeal. Definitely. Okay. A big what bowl goes, oatmeal. What goes in the oatmeal? Um, it's not out of the box just with a little milk, right? No, no, no. I like to make it. Um, usually, like, almond milk is really good with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cinnamon, uh, mashed banana, some almond butter. You're just killing it. Right? right. Some berries. It's really good. Keeps right. you full. And it's not those pre-powdered, like, Quaker, like, you know, just add water. It's You're making your own oats and things sometimes. Yeah, I like to make my own just because it's healthier. Um, mm-hmm. The packaged ones are very yummy. But cool. they have sugar. That's why they're yummy. Yeah, you got to control. So, Isn't that the worst? The sugar that they pack into everything, and it's delicious. I know. It's tough. Like, that's something so that I've realized um, traveling in different countries is that how much sugar we have added in yeah, everything. For real. Yeah, no, no joke. And you go to Europe and other places. They eat, you know, they go to market and they get a little more. Even you know, there's of course grocery stores with horrible food in it. But for the most part, I love Spain. So I've been to Spain a bunch of times. But you go, you know, it's a little fresher experience, even if you're in a big city. Yeah, definitely. Go down fruit vendor, banana vendor. You're, yes. Are there other oatmeal vendors in Paris? There should be. Uh, you know, I don't really find those in the farmer's market. I spend a lot of time in the farmer's market. I love yeah. it. Um, yeah, picking up fresh fruits and vegetables to cook. Um, but, yeah, I haven't found oatmeal. Yeah, there's, I don't think we're going to. I think that's just something I tossed out there as, yeah. a, as a wish list of some kind. Ansley, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. So you, So tell me how you got here to here because you were just in New York. I got a heads up that you were coming into town. Mm-hmm. And it was like, maybe this will go, maybe it won't. But you did you come off a shoot before you came into Grand Rapids? I know you're here for some family stuff. Yeah, so I was in New York um, just catching up. I was just in London, Milan, and Paris for a month for Fashion Week, which is actually Fashion Month. 
Yeah. So that's pretty exhausting. You know, it's a lot of running around, um, going to castings and fittings and shows Just and working. Just long days, right? Yeah, yeah, really long days. So after Fashion Week, there's always a couple weeks um, where the entire fashion industry just takes a, just a big chill. nap. They, and, come off, yeah. they come off the binge. Yeah, there's nothing to do. Um, yeah. So I had some time. So I was just in New York, you know, getting back to the gym, which felt so good. Yeah? So, so good, yeah. So what do you, um, I mean, most people would say, oh, you probably don't have to work out, but you're working out. So what do you, what's your go-to? What do you like to do to work out? Yeah, I love working out. Um, it's a huge part of my day. I usually like to do yoga. Um, I like to go boxing. Um, and then I... See, here's the thing. You're not going to believe this, but like two years ago, I was a lot lighter than this, and I, I totally... I was into fitness boxing, yeah. you know, the whole punch combinations, and then go work on the floor and do sit-ups and all that, mm-hmm. and I was a beast... And it's, now I gave up. It's great, though. It's the best workout, it and is, it's fun. It is fun. It's fun to just punch at a bag for an hour. Like It's, just, yeah. it's a great just release. Crush it and just take all your frustrations out on it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's unusual because you're a professional model, and you're, I would imagine, you know, taking care of your body. It's your product. That's how it's your business is your, is your body and your face and your mind and all that stuff. So did that... Has fitness always been part of your regimen, even, you know, five, six years ago when you weren't doing this full time? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've always been an athlete. Um, In high school, you know, I was running track and snowboarding, doing gymnastics, playing tennis. I've pretty much played every sport out there at one point. Um, It's hard to do all those in New York, though. Yeah, (laughs) I know. And I really miss team sports. Like. I miss playing volleyball, for example. I miss being on a team and working together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I love I love to work out. I love it's a huge release for me. Do you um, do any other like meditative stuff or yoga or anything like that too? Yeah, um, I do yoga. I fit that into my schedule um, pretty much every other day or so. Sometimes every day, but that's a huge thing for me just to keep my head clear and. Yeah. To feel zen. I think we all need it. I recommend right. it to everyone. I've been uh, pretty zened out the last couple of years. That's why I have not been as physically active. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, man. I kidding. think yoga really is like it's the hardest workout I do. It's something that I'm always down for because it's easier on my body as opposed to boxing where it's sure. just real tough cardio and stuff. But yoga is hard physically, first of all. But second of all, it's like it's a huge mental game. Yeah, um, but it really helps me out with my breathing and other areas of my life and in sports, just to, to you know, be able to keep going yeah. through reps. Um, it's huge. Well, I don't think talk to this because you know, as a photographer, um, you know, people don't realize that shoots are kind of grueling. They think it's fun and romantic, but as talent with models that I've worked with, we've had to put them through all kinds of horrible situations where they're it's cold out, but it's supposed to look sunny. You know, freezing oh God, or yeah. shooting, shooting in the winter and <laughs> the snow. It's like, you know, the the photos, everyone just sees the final product and it looks like a blast. But it does take a toll on your body, right? I mean. Yeah. You know, those sometimes are my favorite days when I'm just, you know, I was in the Canary Islands the other week and it was a beautiful, it's like in the pictures, it's a beautiful desert. It looks like I was in the Sahara Desert with just sand dunes and blue skies. Yeah. But it was actually cold, and I was going to Spain, so I didn't think that I would need a jacket because I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be warm. Right. So I was freezing already, and then they were dumping cold water on my hair. Yeah. 
and the pictures turned out amazing, and you can't tell that I was dying yeah. all day. You almost, yeah, you were miserable the whole day. Yeah. But that brings up a good point, because I don't think the other thing, and I, of course, you know, obviously I'm not a model, that's why I'm behind the camera, but <laughs> the point being is that, you know, you're really, uh, you're a tool within a shoot. You're part of a, a an asset, a visual asset, whether it's for clothes or a lifestyle type of shoot. Like, you're really... You're kind of a, you know, you're, of course you're a person, obviously, but you're really an, a professional object that's supposed to react to situations and sort of be a chameleon and do some things. So, was that something that always came naturally for you uh, growing up, or when did you let's let's roll it way back? When did you start to think about photography and being in photos, and that maybe you realized just at the very beginning that this was something you'd like to do, and that you might have something special? Um, I, when I first started, it was always easier for me to be, it's always been easy for me to be in front of people, to act, to have fun. Like I've always loved to perform and I'm just, I'm a people person. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge part of the job is just talking to people and, you know, creating relationships. Um, earmark that. I want to get back to that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we'll get back to that. But yeah, as you're you're like performing, like being in front of the camera or at least that part of it. But I didn't mean to interrupt other than I want to bookmark yeah. getting back to like part of the industry is just knowing people. Yeah. Um, well, it's always something that I enjoy to do. You know, the whole creative process is something that's so interesting to me and how I learned so much on set, like from photographers, how to move, um, how to get a better shot. And also, you know, learning things from the makeup artists and, the people on set and how they, you know, set up the lights and everything. But aside yeah. from that, um, I, yeah, just, it, it always came naturally to me. And so I always, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, visu- visually, like there's, anyone can enjoy that, but there's yeah. a point, you have to have a certain look, you know, and everybody talks about that look. But when did you have an inkling that maybe you had a, a look that was maybe played well for, modeling and for the camera? People uh, in my agencies and photographers that I worked with told me. And looking back, it's always really funny because it was always at the start of something. Like right when I moved to New York, people would, you know, I had like a few test shoots and they said, you know, I believe in you. Like you're going to do really well for yourself. You're going to make it big. Mm -hmm. And... I was always flattered, and I was like, oh, ha-ha, thank you, you know. It's kind of hard to but, cut through some of that bullshit, too, that you hear yeah. a lot all the time. People do want to flatter in that industry. I'm not at all. I mean, we just did a photo shoot, and, I, I mean, it's. I just have to pay you the highest compliment. I mean, it's, it's such a joy to shoot you because thank I you. don't, you know, there is something very special about how you interact with the camera and just your presence that you bring and the versatility that you can bring. So... But there's that, there's that. So I experienced that with you, which was awesome. And thank you for doing the shoot, mm-hmm, of course. course. Um, and it was nice to see that you actually weren't like, oh, these are terrible. Like you like some of them. So that was good. Um, but anyway, the, uh, but there's that sort of, a, it's an industry that does kind of over compliment and especially at the beginning, but you have to sort of find your stride. And I think Maybe I'm just projecting too much into your world, but I think at the beginning, yeah, you want a lot of encouragement because you don't really know what you're doing. But then you have to have the right things in place that happen later, you know, a career, an agent, you know, people really pushing you, 
Can you talk a little bit about that, just from beginning, beginning as a model and then really sort of developing into, yeah, I feel like I'm an actual professional now. Well, I think um, I've been so lucky to have such an incredible support system um, at home. Like, all my friends from high school, you know, there's never any, like, mean jealousy. Um, and I'm really so, so blessed to have that. And I've had great guidance in my agency. And in the beginning, especially, my mom and I, we had no idea what we were getting into. We didn't know how much to trust these people when they would let you know, these money jobs go by. And we're like, well, I'm supposed to be making money, so why aren't you letting me do this? And they're like, no, we have, we have bigger plans for you, so just hold tight. Sure. We'll get there. Ooh. And eventually, you know, these So they were trying happen. to protect you from kind of these lower-scale jobs that would come across so you didn't, you know, they were working towards a higher goal. Yeah, which is, which is frustrating at first because... Yeah, you want to work. Yeah, you want to work, and when you're putting so much time and money in this, you're like, well, when is it going to pay off? Right. And I'm very lucky that it did eventually. Um, but you also have to, like, trust yourself, really, and believe in yourself because so many people can tell you things like, oh, you're so beautiful, you're going to do great, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But if you don't have that dream for yourself, if you don't see um, your power in yourself, yeah, then it's hard for you to go to greater lengths. Well, that's huge, and I think you just hit on a really good point. And there, there are similarities in our industry, just that we work in image making and things like that. But the point that you made just now, I think, is huge: is that people will tell you you're gonna you're gonna make it. Oh, you're gonna be a huge star. Or people have told me, oh my gosh, you know, you're it's you know you've done so great, and you're gonna continue, just blah blah blah. Well, that doesn't mean that the work stops. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like no one just hands you a lottery card with a big check, a giant check, <laughs> and you get in your car. Yeah, And exactly. you're like, uh, where do I cash this? You know, it's so huge. Yeah. But um, we'll talk about the daily work. So what goes into your day to put you in a position to, you know, get hired for those, you know, more, more lucrative or visual or campaigns, that creative campaigns that you want to be a part of? Yeah, on the side, when I'm not you know, on set, uh, doing work is I like to wake up early, um, around like seven to nine, just cause I'd like to have more hours of my day to be conscious, to get going. Yeah. I like to be productive in some way or another. Um, so yeah, I start my morning with my coffee and my breakfast and I go right into journaling and reading. Even if it's for like five minutes, some days I could do it for an hour. Yeah. Um, I just like to, you know, read something inspirational right when I wake up. I think that's a great way to um, just to kind of program your day. Yeah, frame your mind around something positive. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just like to check in with myself, you know, write down a few things I'm grateful for, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and then I go to the gym or yoga or a walk in the park or something that feels good that day. Yeah. I'll ask myself what I need, how I'm feeling. Um, and then after that, I usually get done with me time at around like three o'clock mm -hmm. and then it's happy hour and that's a huge part of my self-care routine happy hour with my mom <laughs> <laughs> um cooking healthy meals with my mom is my favorite thing to do yeah um and i'm so blessed to have her around um because yeah so she made a huge commitment right she she is helping you in new york right you're yeah. living living together for now and um and she's helping you manage some of this stuff because i think it's probably got to be a little bit uh, disorienting sometimes to be in New York, working huge jobs and traveling the world. You're 19. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's hard to, 
It'd be easy to kind of lose yourself, don't you think? It's really easy to lose my mind. It happens at least a couple times a week, but my mom's <laughs> always there to calm me down and tell me I've got this. Um, she's, you know, my personal chef. She's my stylist. She's my doctor, my coach, my spiritual guru. Like, wow. she does it all. I know. She's I did not sense that all those roles. But I'll tell you what, when we were doing the quick edit of your shoot, she knows every part of you and what what poses really are authentic. <laughs> she does. Know? Yes, she's a powerful woman. She's a, a businesswoman. She knows her shit yeah. more than anyone. And for that, I'm so grateful because she really helps me with my finances and, you know, taking care of my investments. And I am involved in every meeting that goes down about my work, um, managing my money, mm-hmm. um, all across the board. And it's, yeah, she wants to set me up for my personal success. So I'm Well, you mentioned a good point about, like, so I can't imagine, and I, you know, to the extent you, I'm not asking for actual figures, but you're making, a, a, for uh, against other 19-year-olds and other professionals, you're making a very good amount of money. Mm-hmm. And, and you have a... In theory, a limited window it could be 10, 5, 15, 20 years, you know, where you're working. So talk about your, I know it comes from your mom, but you seem as interested in this part of the business and running your business and setting yourself up for the future as anyone else. You know, I mean, it's your body and you're, you're the product, right? Yeah. So tell me more about just that commitment to, you know, knowing more about finances. You know, I mean, most kids now are taking their first accounting or CPA classes in college and you're like, I have to deal with real figures. Yeah, I kind of skipped like the learning part, you know, that you do in school, like learning your definitions and doing the math. Like I'm just jumping right into the experience part of it. And I'm learning as I go. Business person. Yeah. And people, you know, I always get the talk like, well, you should really, you know get into your studies and blah, blah, blah. Don't miss out on college. I'm like, yeah, I I know, I know that that's, you know, that's not out of the picture, but on one hand, I am getting a lot of real world experience that I'm, I need to know for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, so I spend my mornings, you know, with a pot of coffee and just going at my taxes and highlighting and putting it all on the paper and (laughs) you name it. Questions for your, for your investment advisor and some things like that. Well, I mean, and that's, of course you can't, there's nothing, there's nothing harder, I think, than running your own business when you are that business, Mm -hmm. you know, because you need perspective and you need help. Your mom brings that, but you're not going to know how to do everything. You're 19, you're professional, you should, I'm not lecturing at you. I'm actually supporting you. I'm not (laughs) lecturing you right now. The idea is that, you know, you need to be focused on on creating uh, a culture where people want to hire you. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I can tell already that for a lot of your success is relationships. So when you work with somebody... um, you know they're they're like probably more likely to remember you, think about you for a future campaign, or maybe a photographer will recommend you for something. Talk a little bit about that relationship because you don't have a lot of time necessarily. You know, photo shoots and sets are a little bit of a weird space. There's a lot of people, but you still have to make connections and make relationships. Yeah, yeah, it's funny the way that works when you know you show up. Especially like when I travel, I travel to exotic places. Like I was just in Morocco 
in the most beautiful country. And I always think like it's nothing if you can't share it with someone. Yeah. But you share it with this group of, you know, these creative individuals who you're working with, but you love them and then you leave them. And you never know when you're going to see them again. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I love to talk with people and, you know, whether it's a photographer or a stylist or somebody on set who's, you know, fixing the camera, I'll say like, yeah. hey, what's up? Yo, dude, what's up? <laughs> yeah, where are you from? Yeah. What brings you here? By um, the way, you wouldn't happen to, I just had a brainstorm, you didn't happen to have your passport on you, would you? I actually do. You do? Yes. All right, I need a shot of that later. Okay, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. There's I a lot see, of fun stamps. Yeah, I want to see some stamps and I want to get them on video. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, sidebar. Um, but, uh, well, cool. But yeah, but that's a big part, like even for what I do, you know, you deal with agencies and the client and the brand or whatever shoot you're involved with, you know, a lot of it is... You know, it's easy to be a fly in the wall, but you, you have to take some risk and get to know people. And if it seems natural to you that you want to engage with people and you yeah. seem interested in people. Yeah, I work with really cool people. Like, yeah. people have really cool style. They're funny. They show me good music, you know. And, um, I was yeah, playing a lot of 80s tunes. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I did know that. <laughs> Your mom know, was into it. I was born in 2000. I don't know a lot of things, but I know 80s music, for one. Anyway, well, at least your, <laughs> mo- your mom was like, I like this playlist. Yeah, she gets <laughs> We're it. We're from the same world, same yes. time frame. Um, so uh, of uh, the places that you've traveled, this is a common question, but I'm yeah. going to hit it with you. So where, give me your top three places that you've been. Top three. Okay. Um, definitely Japan. Okay. Love Japan. Um, uh, and what was, so let's dig into that really okay. quick. I've been to Japan once and it's such a disorienting culture because it's nothing like ours. What, did, what really struck you about Japan that you loved, if that's the first one? So when people say Japan to you, what sort of floods your mind and your senses when you're like, oh, Japan? Well, a lot of things. I love I love Japanese toys. I love the food. Um, their culture is so cool. It's so different. Um, when I think of Japan, I just picture like walking down. My mom came to Japan with me my first time, and yeah. we had a week there. Um, and I worked one day, so we had we had six days just to walk around. Yeah. And I just love like the big open, clean streets. Yeah. Everything is so ridiculously clean. Yeah. And it's funny because there's not a single trash can on the street. Mm-hmm. It's like you shouldn't have trash anyways, so why should there be a trash can? Right. Um, but yeah, I love like the order too, like how yeah. people line up for the metro. Yeah. And I, coming from New York, I was like, I was, I was not used to that. <laughs> it's every person for themselves. Yeah, really. Yeah. But. Um, Japan too. So what I saw spread on your Instagram. That was the one of the coolest shoots I've seen. I think it was Japan I'm referring to, but I don't know if it was for Vogue or for something like that. But what was that shoot for? You were in kind of like, it looked like an old retro bar or, or um, there was some paneling. You had quite a bit oh, of wardrobe. Was yes. that in, yeah, yeah. What yeah. shoot was that for? Because that literally I could not believe... A, kind of how different you were made up with wardrobe and makeup for that. It was very a uh, super modelish kind of a, a look to me. But tell me more about that shoot just for kicks. Yeah, so that was the first time I ever traveled to Japan. It was for Vogue Japan. Yeah. Um, it was shot by Luigi Nyango, who are some of my favorite photographers. I yeah. absolutely love them and their work. So um, they're a 
They're a tandem. They're a duo? Yes. So how does that work? I've seen that many times, you know, the photographers collaborate. So are they always sort of shooting from different angles, or is one sort of directing you and taking a shoot, and then the camera goes to someone else and they pick it up? Yeah, it kind of goes both ways. They just take turns on the camera, Mm -hmm. and they'll say, like, oh, get this shot, get her here, or just give me the camera and just let me get this. Sure. Um, But they're great. They work really well together, and they always bring such great energy on the set. Um, I know quite a few very successful duos that are like that. They're either uh, man and wife, or they're two, you know, sometimes they seem to be in a relationship sometimes, or mm -hmm. a business, uh, not just a business arrangement, but many times they're spouses of some some kind, or partners. And... um, but that I've never thought, like, how would that work? I'm such a control freak. I, I would want credit for what I'm shooting, too. Like, <laughs> right. Like, no. What if, they, what if my business partner shot better work than I did on that shoot? I'd yeah. Like, we wouldn't be in a business anymore. That's basically <laughs> what happened. You're doing too good. Um, so Japan is one. And then, so how many times have you been to Japan, just roughly? Twice. Twice. Okay. Easy to count to two. Yes. Good. Awesome. So another place was, you mentioned Spain. Spain, yes. I absolutely love Spain. Um, I love the food, the culture, the city. Yeah. Um, You know, that's my second country. Really? Spain, meaning I have quasi-family there. And I love Spain. And in fact, I'm going with my daughter, who's 19, same same age as me. No way. Where are you going? We're going to Madrid to, uh, and we're going to stop in Paris first. So we're going to do two, like, we're joking, it's totally bombed through Paris just for Instagram accounts mutually. So Louvre, Eiffel Tower. Yeah, all the hot spots. Yeah, we're just, we have two days. And then uh, we're going to fly to Madrid and then we're going to, she's never met this whole side of my, they're not true genetic family, but Mm -hmm. they are family in my heart and soul since I was 18. But um, we had an exchange student live with us when I was a senior in high school. Oh, yeah, And we became best friends and she's still one of my best friends and has always been one of my best friends. So we're going to go stay with her family and her husband and her kids. And I was just there two years ago, but I get to bring one of my children over. And uh, so anyway... Very nice. Yeah, so Spain I dig. And you've been to Valencia, right? Valencia, yes. I've been to A Coruña and Barcelona. Barcelona. Which I love. That's it's been a- my dream to see La Sagrada Familia. Yeah. And literally after work one day, I had my cab driver drop me off. Like they sent a like, car service from my shoot. Sure. She said, take her back to her hotel. And you're like, and just drop like, me here. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, this isn't it. It's like two miles away. I'm like, I know. Yeah. Drop I'm me stopping. here. Yeah. So Barcelona, I'm ashamed to say, is I've spent a lot of time in Spain. I've never been over that way. I've been in the north. I've been in the south. I've been in the middle. But Barcelona, we I don't think we can get there on this trip, but I know it's, it's an amazing city. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. So country three. All right. So you have three tickets you yeah, can yeah, buy yeah. next year, and those are the only three places you go. You got Japan, Spain, third Paris. Country. Paris, France? Yeah. I've never been to Paris. Really? What do you recommend? Everything? Everything. The food is my favorite in the world. Okay, here's what I want. The croissant with the chocolate in it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Pan au chocolat. High five so on that. good. Nice. <laughs> so yes. good. Killing it. Yeah. Um, so is there a district that you... Is the fashion district in a particular district of Paris that you, that you try to stay... Um, I, last time, 
I was there a couple weeks ago. I was in the 8th arrondissement, which is um, opera, I yeah. think. If I'm, yeah, if I'm correct, opera, which is great. Um, it's by a lot of the fashion houses mm-hmm. and um, lots of great shopping, great restaurants. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. 10 out of 10. Would so, recommend. first, so how many times have you been to Paris at 19? Um, over 10 times, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think. Because, like, I go there, yeah, so I'm, I will inevitably be there twice a year. But I've also been so many times. Is that for like, a runway? Or yes. For, yeah. Yeah, for Fashion Week. Yeah. Um, but I also go for, like, when I was. When I was in the Canary Islands, I went to Paris for two days before I went to Morocco. Mm-hmm. So I have times like that, and I picked up a show for Hermes when I was there. Um, sometimes I'll go there for I a call day. Them Hermes, that's how cool I am. I get that. No, before I started modeling, <laughs> I used to say um, like Givenchy instead of Givenchy. I didn't know these things. Yeah. So I don't. I still say I'm just a dude from Grand Rapids. I know. I don't. I don't make fun of people because I was that person, <laughs> I, and I still am sometimes. Sometimes right. it just slips. Um, but yeah, Paris is by far my favorite city. Yeah. And I've, it's also my favorite city because I've, I've traveled there so many times. So I know my way around. Like yeah. I, you might know some locals. Yeah. You know? I have my, I can recommend you more restaurants in Paris than I can in New York. Yeah. And I live in New York. <laughs> so. That says a lot though. It says about how we live too as Americans. Well, because you know you kind of want to cook at home. Your mom, you know, it's a different experience. You're not yeah. even when that's what I like about our industry. Because when you do travel, you live better than you you live better than you do at home because you're traveling. Yes, you're gonna experience. You're gonna go. Yeah, let's try this restaurant, or you eat above the restaurant grade that you would eat at home. For you sure. Know, you know, yeah. Because you're on the road and you aren't going to be back here anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do more where you splurge on yourself a little bit more in your own hometown. Yeah. It would be a good thing to do once in a while. Yeah. Get out more. Go down. <laughs> There's like this one restaurant I go to in New York that's like 10 blocks away. And my mom and I always joke because we just go to the same place yeah. every time. But you like, need that familiar. It's such a massive city, right? You don't know a lot of people. Do you get yeah. lonely sometimes when you're traveling and you're just? Definitely. Yeah. I think that's what's. It's really hard. Um, and but everyone, you know, goes through this. Whether you're a photographer, makeup artist, hair, whatever, um, it is lonely. And. What I was saying earlier, when you love them and you leave them, it's like you make relationships, but they're only for a day. Right. And my biggest thing is like I miss laughing, like yeah. laughing my ass off with my friends. Yeah, like gut busting, just tears yes. in your eyes. I get a six pack. Like yeah. that is my favorite thing. And that's something that I miss out on. Yeah. Um, but thank God for FaceTime because I can, you know, FaceTime yeah. anyone from anywhere. It's crazy. Well, I think... That touches on this podcast is exactly the premise of this is exactly what you talked about. You know, you have a photo shoot, you work with somebody for a day or two, and then, you know, the shoot ends and that relationship kind of ends. And you might have had some really great conversations that got started, or, you know, this is just a way to sort of like bookend a photo shoot experience. And like, I just met you today when you walked in the studio, and I feel like I know you. I don't know you that well, but like, there's something about the connection. With photography, yeah, do you feel that like something maybe with photographers at least there's some you have to work so together like in tandem like the first 
five minutes of our shoot, I was just trying to get your movements. And so you time, you know, there's timing involved with allowing the model to sort of settle into what you intended mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, it's nothing worse than when you're making a move and someone's always shooting you in the middle of your yeah. move, you know? But do you find that with photographers? Uh, maybe this is a question. So on a set, on a big shoot, and it's a couple days, two, three days shoots, who do you seem to um, feel closest with soonest? Is it makeup artists and wardrobe people? Because that that's also kind of an... A lot of people in your personal space all the time. Yeah, honestly, it's anyone who I just kind of vibe with. You know, sometimes I feel most comfortable with the photographer because he's really funny and I can laugh with him and be sarcastic. Sure. Um, I'm really super sarcastic. So, like, anyone who I can be really sarcastic around is my friend. Yeah, I will stick by by their side. And, I, you know, there's times where you don't show that card right away because people also don't understand sarcasm sarcasm Uh, in a sense. Or it might be a language thing where you don't want to sound like an asshole. Yes. Because you really easily can. Because sarcasm, you can either (laughs) be brilliantly funny. (laughs) Yeah. Or it's like... That person's so cruel. What an asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, sorry, I'm really sorry. not trying to be. It's sarcasm. Yeah. But just trying. Anyone really who I vibe with. Yeah. Um, so there isn't necessarily a role that's like, oh, yeah, it's really just out of that. Yeah. You kind of know in like a minute or two whether you're going to like somebody too, right? Yeah. And some work trips are really fun. Like when I was in Japan, I was shooting... Um, this Jill Sander campaign that just yeah. came out with Mario Sorrenti. by the way. I just saw it today. Thank you. Incredible. I'm super proud of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was with Luke and Lucy, the designers, and there was, it was a very small group because mm-hmm. we were traveling, and we were traveling to different cities around Japan every night. So different hotels, planes and trains, you name it. Yeah. Um, so I got really close with them, and that was really, really fun because we, were, we just all vibed together, and it was... It was great, and we created magic, and it was so cool. Um, other times, you know, it's it's more of just a work setting, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just another thing, too, is, like, language barriers. Not yeah. everyone speaks English. Right. Um, so it's harder to... Are you dabbling in languages? To, you seem to have a, a, a pretty good Spanish accent going when you were saying... Yes, Spanish is, Spanish is my first language, as well as my brother's. Um, we went to... A Spanish immersion school. Really? So yeah, ever since we were in preschool, kindergarten, that's Just been our main language. Espanol. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Um, so Italian is really easy for me. Yeah. I haven't tried learning it. I mean, I have dabbled a little bit. I find I can kind of pick up the gist of some Italian conversations because they're the they're sort of structured the same. Yeah. In a sense, you know? the accent is easy for me. Yeah. I can speak confident Spanish and change a few words. You do this a lot when you're yes, in Italy? Yes, you have to talk with the hands or else they won't understand you. <laughs> you will look like an outsider. It's important. Uh, um, mozzarella. I always say that to <laughs> my, my youngest daughter, Faith. She's like, ah, bring the mozzarella. I don't know. It doesn't mean anything, but anyway. Um, but yeah, French is tough. I've tried learning French. I can yeah. say a few things. Um, but so I'm going to be there like stone cold, no French. Not even going to, for two days, I'm sorry, France, I'm not investing in your language for two days. You're going to work around the ugly American coming in and expecting you to understand my right? English. I know, it's That's like bad, that. though. I don't like to travel like that. It's crazy because I've, I've met so many people from all over, and a lot of people in, like, Germany, Poland, like, they learn 
like five to six languages. Yeah. My exchange while in sister, school. four languages: English, Spanish, Portuguese, French. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's not even like expected for us to learn. I mean, like no. we'll pick up sign language or I'll pick French. up southern once in a while down south, like yeah. in Florida. That's another language. Yeah. That counts. Like you can add Flora, that to the list. Like Florabama. I don't even understand them. I lived in Florida, and I was like, I'm <laughs> from here. That's why I moved a year later. Yeah. Um, well, tell me more about... Um, tell me what people don't really know about being a professional model, especially a fashion model, because I think it's a really glamorous... People, here's my impression of your world, and I know a little bit about it. I've not spent a lot of my career in the fashion image-making industry. It's been more corporate and advertising. Mm -hmm. But my impression is that, you know, it is it is a glamorous life, but at the end of the day, all that tr it's a grind. When you're in Japan and getting on planes and trains and doing and hustling around, you're tired. Yeah. And you don't ever... And at the same time, you're supposed to look like a beautiful, amazing model. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't, I mean, yeah, there's support people around you, but at the end of the day, when it's... Time to perform, and you got to perform. And there's a lot of money invested in you as a face of a campaign. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's it is glamorous. It's very glamorous. Um, a lot of parts are a lot of fun, and but you know you also it is it's very hard, and it's a career. And if you want it, if you want to sustain that and and go to greater heights, you have to take care of yourself, and it's a grind. Like it's every single day. Um, and all the temptations are there too, right? Like be, not to take care of yourself. The other cliche that I would say is part of the industry, and I know you're you're open to talk about anything, but like there's a lot of alcohol abuse, drug abuse, you know, those types of things. And maybe you haven't or haven't seen a lot of that world, but I think it's why it's you, you also might have time on your hands. Or you always want to party because when's the next time you're going to be in uh, the Canary Islands, you know, and celebrate? Yeah. There's a lot of celebrations. Tell me a little bit about that being 19 around the world. Well, it's crazy. Like when I, I'm very thankful that I didn't kind of hang out with the wrong crowd when I moved to New York City at 16 because it's pretty easy to. As a young model, trust me, you can get away with a lot. Sure. Um, promoters will, you know, pick you up and take you out to concerts and clubs and ask things of you and sometimes you don't know how to say no and you think it's fun and you think you're fine but yeah. you can innocently think it's something innocent and it might not be as innocent as that yeah um but i'm just lucky that i don't really like to party yeah. i'm kind of a homebody and i just like to chill with my mom on the couch do you find um, a lot of models um a lot of the good ones are a little more introverted like you're both i think you're both but i think my sense of you is that there is this person who's insular, in, insular, you know, you're not always on. There's a space where it's just Ansley time. Yeah, I definitely like my space a lot. Um, yeah. I just like to, you know, keep my space clear. But, no, I think, you know, I think some of the, you know, the big girls out there do like to go out. But then, again, I don't really know them personally. May, you know, maybe they, it seems like they go out more than me. But also because you have to. Like, that's a part of the job, too. Like, it's going out to parties. Right. Well, it's um, the balance, right? Because you need visibility. Mm -hmm. You need to be in front of people. Yeah. Even if it's your social audience, you know? You're yeah. being at a premiere or being at a whatever, being at a party. Yeah. Where you can be tagged with someone else and then people are like, oh, 
Who's that tagged in this photo? She has to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> She's so dope. I'm going to go follow her now. Yeah. That's how it happens. So, you know, the other part, if I was 19, and this is the only, I promised you I wasn't going to go all dad on you because cause I was <laughs> on the same size. But, like, if I, if my daughter was in your position, I'd be very concerned just, and maybe this is just a paternal, like, I don't want to be cliche, but, like, you know, the Me Too thing is a huge thing in terms of that industry. Girls are vulnerable. They're young. They're in cities alone. How have you maintained your focus and to kind of know, you know, what's authentic business relationship and to kind of stay away successfully from situations where, you know, some other girls may have had a harder time? Well, I've been very lucky to have um, a great support system around me that's also very professional. So I'm always being taken care for. I've never been taken advantage of or anything. Um, sure, there are like creepy dudes out there and everything, but I haven't really. I don't have you know so much to say about the Me Too movement myself yeah. because not a lot has happened to me, yeah. and I'm very very grateful for that. Um, You're also lucky to be with one of the top global agencies with Ford. Like you know, there's a lot of vetting that goes on before you're sent off anywhere. Yeah. And Definitely. including negotiating and all the money's in order. And so it, it's it's not like you're just randomly sent out on shoots and they're hoping for the best for you. Like, yeah, but I even think of days like when I was 16. Yeah, I was like 16, you know, driving to Chicago. My mom would drive me a lot of the time, but, you know, a few times I would take, she would drop me off at the train stop downtown and I would take the train in and stay with one of her friends and go to these photo shoots where, you know, there was probably two people on set and where now when I go on set it's like 30 people 40 I'm like what do you like what do all of you guys do here yeah right so you know there were times when I could have been taken advantage of but you know I wasn't um and also moving to a big city at oh can I tell you about our exchange today this is how yeah, much a yeah, part yeah. of the industry that this just in the back of my mind so I never met you I've never met your mom you know, we had a mutual friend sort of try to arrange this shoot today in the podcast shoot, which I'm grateful for. But one of the things was, you know, um, you know, it was a question mark whether your mom would come or not. And I w- just offered right off the top of my thing. It's like I'll have a female makeup artist there because I had mentioned in the thread that me and Mark were going to be setting up for the shoot. And I wanted that, her to know that there was a female makeup artist here if that all made anybody feel any better. You know what I mean? So I'm conscious of it from your perspective, or not just yours, but any client's perspective. You have to be careful. Mm -hmm. So in any event, your mom ended up coming. She's awesome. But like the, you know, that's just part of like, I didn't, I know what it would be like to send it, and there's just two dudes in a studio working with you as a model. You got to feel vulnerable sometimes. You're like, I don't know, anything could happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but you also have to be strong and stand up for yourself. And, you know, when I, like when I was 16 and I went to 17, really, and I went to New York, I had to be strong. And I just had, you know, little times when I'd be walking down in crazy parts of Midtown and a wild, homeless, drunk man would, like, put his hands on me and I would just kind of rub it off. I'm like, I had every right to punch you in the mouth if I wanted to, sure. but I didn't. So I had to, you know, just kind of, like, toughen up a little bit. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to say no. I'm not afraid to speak up for myself. Um, and it's funny because my mom, when she moved to New York, 
she is just so nice sometimes. And she will will be walking down the street, going to work or going wherever, and she will take time out of her day to like really help someone, like really, really help a mother carry up a stroller from the bottom of the subway to the surface, or just like even go to greater lengths to really help someone. I'm like, yeah. mom, come on, let's go. We're running out of time to get to where we need to be. Yeah. Even though we're 20 minutes early, let's go. Yeah. And um, so she's really opened my eyes a lot just to really put yourself out there and to, to be a get, kind stranger. As you get more successful in your career, and that may bring you know, additional financial success as well, and as you get more miles under you around the world and meeting people, is that, is that something you're thinking about in the future as, uh, you know, how you might give back or some role or a foundation of some kind? Or I don't want to, like, throw out, like, something crazy. I'm not saying that. But is it part... I mean, you have to believe that you... To, to sustain your career and doing what you're doing every day, you have to believe in yourself that you are going to be, you know, more and more successful as mm-hmm. things go. So with that, are you also thinking about this other side of that, like helping others? Yeah. I mean, I think like the hardest part of my job is just believing in myself day in and day out and just really focusing on that. Um, And you have to, because it's got me this far, Mm -hmm. just believing in like a silly little dream. And um, so, yeah, that's that's a huge thing. Um, And I love giving back. I really do. Um, And I want to find a way that kind of resonates with me um, outside. Like, people ask, well, what would you be doing if you weren't a model? And I'm like, you know, I don't really know. I'm still a kid. I don't have my driver's license yet. Mm -hmm. I just learned how to tie my my shoes. my 19-year-old. Right, yeah. I Uh, mean, don't grow up too fast. She's going to love to hear that, Anna. (laughs) Anna's going to love hearing that. You're not alone, Anna. Oh, man. Um, But, yeah, I think I would really love to work with kids somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, I think helping kids emotionally would be cool. Mm -hmm. Um, just because I was really emotional kid, <laughs> so maybe um, that'd be some good karma. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, giving back somehow. Mm-hmm. I just want to. I think like a huge thing of about being successful is, you know, once you reach great heights, is to reach your hand down and pull someone else up and to That's beautiful to help them. Yeah. Whether it's, I love inspiring people too and motivating people. Yeah. So maybe like being a personal life coach would be cool. I'd hire you. You can because I anytime. think actually I'm, not, I'm I was being facetious, but at the same time I think there you have to know that you do inspire me in some way because you're somebody. Thank you. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know you that well. I know what it takes to make it as an entrepreneur. Your your face and your body is your your product. And that's a tough business. And to be as successful mm-hmm. as you've been to this point is not easy. Like, hats off to you, man. Like, Thank that's you. especially coming, we're from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And you're True. in New York and traveling the world. I mean, just think about that for a minute. How many kids at 19 get to do what you do? So few. Less is so few. You Crazy. Know, this is, I know my mom's always telling it to me when I, Complain about a little something. Yeah. You get a little too big for your britches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like, who else gets to be you? And it's, it humbles me. And it only makes me want to, you know, reach out and help other kids. Because, you know, when you grow up in a suburb and you just, you know, day to day, you're doing the same thing. And 
you kind of think you know what you want to do when you graduate high mm-hmm. school, but you don't really know because you haven't had experience. You know, your mom tells you you want to be a doctor, so now you want to be a doctor. And, yeah, I just I want to even help, like, teenagers, just, like, help them believe in themselves because you can, like, literally do anything. Like, yeah. people don't understand that you can. And, sure, it's hard with, you know, circumstances and resources, but at the end of the day, you can find a way. Yeah. I want to go back to something, and this is a... If there's a serious moment in the podcast, it would be right now in our conversation, is that you said something very important, is that the hardest part of your job is every day is believing in yourself every day. Mm-hmm. And this is, you're in an industry where, again, I'll say it again, you're the product. And there's a lot of rejection. There's so many jobs you don't get. You get passed over. It's frustrating. You see a lot of stuff. So... How do you handle that when you, how do you not internalize things negatively when they're passing on you, your look, you know? Well, how do you keep that belief in yourself? I always have to take a step back and look at things objectively and not take things personally because at the end of the day, if, you know, I don't really get mad if I don't get a job that they said I was on option for and it fell through or if someone said this or so be it. Um, Because at the end of the day, first of all, not everyone's going to like you. Big fact of life. Mm -hmm. Um, And second of all, you're just not right for this client or this product at the right time. Mm -hmm. And lastly, it's not always about the model. Sometimes it's about the clothes. You don't look good in the clothes. It's not you. The clothes don't look good on you. Um, But no, like believing that you can just keep going and that you can do so much more with yourself and your career and just yeah it's it's hard to stay in the moment sometimes because this industry is just so fast-paced everyone's like well what are you doing next where are you going I'm like I don't know I just got here taking it day by day and they'll tell me when I'm gonna leave next so I just have to I'm curious about something too because I want to tie up two things that relate to our industry one is I totally relate to what you said about you're not always, the clothes don't look good on you. Like, I'm not always the best photographer for a particular campaign or a particular shoot. There's other photographers that do whatever that needs better than me. Or maybe they haven't seen it in my portfolio or my book. So I'm going to get past. I totally get that. It's still frustrating. You're still Mm -hmm. like, ah, you wanted to do it. But I totally relate to that because it's just you. Everything has to be the right foot. It's in your case, it's a look. It's um, how malleable you could be for. It could be just how the clothes hang on your body. Yeah, and, you know, it just it hangs on someone else in a way that they like better. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of the same thing. And the other thing that I was build all this drama in, I forgot what it was. This is why I'm an amateur podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was okay. Uh, help me get my th- um, just give me. I'm gonna cut all this out because okay. I'm gonna sound like a rock star when this is done. <laughs> um, it was a photography. It was oh, last minute. That's what it was. Thank you. Thank you, mom. Thank you, Shannon. You're so good. Thanks, mom. Here we go. So the other thing I always tell people is if you look out on my calendar, right now my work calendar, I'm unemployed like about three weeks out after that calendar. Like there's really no shoots 
after three weeks. It's been that way for 21 years. Things happen quick. You can get worried about finances, and then stuff just happens. What does your calendar look like after, like, two weeks from now or three? Is there Are there gigs? It's blank. No, it's blank. Oh, my God. I literally... Just hit me with another high five on that. People ask me, like, oh, what's your schedule? I'm like, I literally don't have a schedule. Right. I... It's so last minute. I have, like, when I was going to London for Fashion Week, I got a call. Oh, so they, my agency said, um, yeah, you're an option for American Vogue. It's looking good. So we'll have you go to London to shoot American Vogue, and we'll keep you there for Fashion Week. I've never walked London Fashion Week. I just usually do Milan and Paris. And so I said, okay, yeah, that sounds good. So they called me. I was on the street, and they're like, yo, what's up? Just chilling. Is that, did they really say, back. yo, what's up? Yeah, it's pretty chill, you know. Okay. It's not, you know, like it's more like, hey, girlfriend, what's up? Right. Um. So yeah, I said I'm not doing anything. They're like, great. So you're gonna fly to London tonight at midnight, and I was like, okay, I'm pretty much packed. I got time. So I go to London. I'm like, I'm in my Uber, and I text my agent. I'm like, wait, so what am I doing? Do you, so I have my flight. Do I have a hotel? Where, right. where am I staying? Do I have I'm car here service? Here where you told me to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I still have, you know, like six hours until I land for sure. these emails to come in. I'm like, so am I doing American Vogue? Like, am I, do I have a fitting tonight or what's, what's the yeah. dealio? And he's like, no. Oh, yeah, that's, that's not happening anymore. I was like, oh, okay. Good to know. At the la- absolute last second possible. And then I just went for Fashion Week. And, like, that's how, yeah. how crazy it is. So you had something and, fall through and then you had something else pick up. Yeah. But, like, you're on call right now to go to Paris, I understand. Like, you, they, you told me that, you, like, you could fly out tomorrow and go to Paris, right? hmm Or you might be in Grand Rapids a few more days. Yeah, or in any other part of the world if yeah. something else comes up. But It's if- hard, though. I, I think, that, like, I'm just, for me, that's hard. Like, I look at my calendar, I'm like, I know kind of what I'm doing next week, but after that, please, people, call, email me. I'll yeah. pop you in first availability. Exactly. It's been that way forever. Yeah, it's it can be tough. Um, it can be frustrating. Like when I go on vacation or when I come home, my fr- I told my friend I was coming home, and he's like, "Oh, are you going to be here for more than a day?" I'm like, "Don't jinx it. I don't know. Just enjoy it. I'll see you f- as soon as I can, and right. we'll see how this goes." Um, but yeah, if anything, it, it kind of makes me enjoy this moment so yeah. much more because I know it could be over yeah. at any second. Yeah, you do have to be. Well, that's. That's an amazing perspective because of your industry, but that's also great advice just for anybody to be a little more present in yeah. the right now. So you went to what, high school? Forest Hills Northern. Northern, okay. I yes. went to Northview, which is borders Northern. Yep. You are a type of, uh, so we are Northview Wildcats. <clears throat> you guys are the, what's your mascot? Huskies. Okay. So if a wildcat and a husky... We're in a back alley somewhere on the frozen tundra. Who's coming out in that that cage fight? Who's coming in? A wildcat or a husky? A playful little doughy, tame, domestic husky or a wildcat? I have to say wildcat. Nice. That's my alma mater. Yeah. All right. Well, that was an honest answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not just a I'm going to give it to you straight. <laughs> I mean, huskies are cute and cuddly, but when it comes to fighting, yeah. I mean... Wildcat's just going to... There are like cats... Versus a dog. Yeah. And I think cats... They're powerful. 
Well, they also don't give a shit. No, not a one. Cats are just going to rip your face off. Yeah. They're going to just no not shame. care about it later. So the other thing is, like, what I find when I travel, and I don't travel nearly as much as you, what do people think when you say you're from Grand Rapids, Michigan? Even in New York or other places, like stateside, most people I know don't have never heard of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, yeah, not a lot of people are familiar with it. Some Americans are, um, and they'll say, oh, you know, I've been to Saga Talk or Sleeping yeah. Bear Dunes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the there. neighborhood. Yeah, I grew up there. Um, but sometimes when I travel, you know, just any day, I'll be in an Uber or buying gum, and they'll be like, oh, where are you from? And I say, uh, America. Michigan, you know, I raise up the old man, show them where I'm from. And, you know, they'll say, oh, blue and yellow. I'm like, no, 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 green and white. No. (laughs) All right. That's where we'll have to pause, too, is that. So my daughter goes to Michigan, and I know you guys are big state fans, right? Oh, yes. Michigan State. Is that where you wanted to go if you weren't doing this? Yes. Did you go to state? Yeah, all my cousins go there. My brother goes there. Oh, it's a foregone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, I actually like state. Uh, it's just I'm married into a very U of M family, and nah, now my oldest tough. daughter goes there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't hate it. I like the I like U of M, but I also I can't hate Michigan State. I didn't, you know, they're good. Um, so the other thing that the other misconception, or maybe it is a proper perception, is that models are always hungry. Yep. And dumb, and you're clearly not any of those things. Like, I think you take care of your health <laughs> and your body. You. And your mind, yeah. which I think is brilliant at your age. Thank you. But, um, you know, is there times where, you, where it's crazy, where you have to really be conscious about your food and throttle back your caloric intake and blah, blah, blah? Um, yeah, I think, like, getting ready for Fashion Week, I'm always really, you know, hitting the gym a couple times a week, cutting, maybe not really cutting calories, but eating, you know, incorporating Less oatmeal, more. maybe? Yeah, just like more protein and vegetables. But yeah. in between Fashion Week, I really still stay on top of myself. But I can have a burger for dinner and yeah. wake up the next day. I'm young. I can go to the gym and burn it all off. Like, yeah. I'm lucky for that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's sad because I do know a lot, a lot of models who suffer with eating disorders. And it's, it's a huge thing because the industry will tell you. Like, really, no matter who you are. Like, they've told me this. I'm an athletic, I have a very athletic body type, and they've told me I need to lose inches. And it's one thing when they, I don't know, for me, it's kind of different when they tell you to lose weight as opposed to inches, because inches is significant. Like, that is, yeah. like, that's, that's tough to lose right. in a short amount of time. And um, Yeah, if you've been on a two-week where you've been a little sloppy with your diet, yeah, you can clean that up and get back in the gym and shape back up, but you're not going to lose... You're not going to lose two inches off your waist. Yeah, that's that's like... It's more of a toning thing. Yeah. Um, and that it's hard when you're like 16 and you think, you know, there's something wrong with you or you're kind of growing. It's, it's hard too. Like when they love, they love the baby face young models. And it's hard when you're developing into a woman and you're growing hips. Like that's just yeah. life. It's growing up. And... Um, I've known models who they've told to lose weight and all of a sudden they are too skinny. And you're like, well, what, what do you want from me? Right. You know, um, my agency told me to lose weight and I lost a lot of weight 
and I was the skinniest I've ever been. And I wasn't happy doing it. It was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And I went to great lengths to be really skinny. And then they had a meeting with me, and they were like, oh, like, why? Like, can you go back to that? Like, I showed them pictures. And they're like, we love, like, you looked perfect, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I can't do that. Like, that's right. actually, like, I'm telling you now, I will never look like that again. So yeah. be happy with me now. Like, I'm still going to work hard. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But sure. I'm not going to look like that again. Well, and that's perfect because you know that if you had to, you would have to do some things that are very unhealthy to get there, and that's not worth paying the price for. Yeah, exactly. It's really just like kind of finding ways to cooperate, like knowing you have to be skinny, but finding, you know, what works for you, like a diet, not not a diet, but just healthy eating habits that you enjoy. It's a nutritional balance that you're looking at that allows you to maintain a particular physique, but you're not starving yourself all the time in the sense of what most people would think I'm on a diet for. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I don't want to end on that note, but just like <laughs> I think uh, we covered a lot of awesome ground, though. Yeah. Um, That's right. So <laughs> after I already asked you, so where are you off to next? Maybe Paris. No, but do you really know at this point? I think that's such a refreshing thing for me to hear as a professional. Right. Like, you know, just like, you know, here you're a top, you know, talk about that. You're in the top 50 models of the world, right? A top 50 model. Yes. That means you're weird. Yeah. It's weird to hear that. And it is weird to look on paper because when I go to bed at night, brush my teeth the same way and I'm still a little old me. (laughs) Nothing has changed. You're still yeah. the same as when you're number like uh, you know, uh, eighty-two top yeah, model. <laughs> exactly. I'm still the same cringy, quirky, weird nine-year-old, twelve-year-old kid I've always been. So my other question is that how is that rated? Like, how do they come up with that criteria? Do you know what it is about a top fifty? Um, I think it's really just accumulative of Accumula- like like page counts and like yeah, like all your runway shows your editorials, your campaigns, just kind of everything. Because I had, like, my first couple years were super strong. You know, I did so many campaigns and runways. And my second season, I still, or, like, third season, whatever, I kind of had a break. I was finishing high school, collecting myself mentally. Yeah. And I wasn't doing as much. But I was still in the game, still, you know, doing some stuff. So... I didn't, that kind of was something that came out of nowhere in a way. I didn't really expect it at that time. Yeah. Because I thought that I would have to be doing so many things all the time yeah. to get that. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's accumulative. Has that been, once you hit the top 50, was that also like naturally brought, raised your profile and people are looking for you more specifically now? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I think people. It's not a, the golden egg. You know, it's not like the. An automatic ticket. Yeah, it doesn't mean I'm just going to get paid like thousands of dollars more and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it does, that is a big thing too because there was a point in my career when I was doing big jobs but not as many people knew me and I wasn't getting paid as much. I had to pay for my own travel. Sure. So I guess I do get, yeah, it is, you know, yeah, somewhat helpful. of a golden egg. Maybe a small quail egg of sorts. Yeah, I think it helps with the vetting of those jobs. If I had to project my own view into it, it would be that you're going to get more shots at better campaigns, people yeah. who are going to expect to pay your travel. 
Yes, yes, You're not yes. going to ask you, a top 50 model, to pick up your airfare to go somewhere. Yeah. You know, that seems ridiculous anyway. If they want you for the campaign, put, yeah. put the money down. Get exactly. Me there. Put the show on the road. <laughs> well, you've been, here's a good segue. You've been on the road a lot, very successful. I am so pleased to meet you, though. It's been cool. And I hope we can, we bump into each other uh, next time you're in GR. I mean, grab coffee. I'd love to trade some photo war stories. I would love that. Uh, yeah, I have so many pictures. I have my own pictures because I love photography. I love to take pictures. Oh, I want to see that. Yeah, well, you have to follow my Instagram. I did follow you today. I know no, there's I some beats. I have my beats. other one. Oh, you have a secret. Is it uh, Finstagram or whatever they call it? No, not, people think it is, but it's not. It's... So my middle name is Ansley, right? Yeah. So that's my work. Yeah. That's like my work second personality. Right. And Olivia is like my first Instagram I've always had. Okay. And that's where I just post cool angles and shots and things Your I own find. eye, your own artistic bent on photography. Yeah, the stuff well, that the modeling industry doesn't really care about. All right, so how do people find you? So give us all your Instagrams and any other um, relative things we have to find you on social. Okay, it's pretty much Instagram is my thing. My photography Instagram that you are all more than welcome to follow <laughs> is Olivia Gooley, uh, O-L-I-V-I-A-G-U-L-I. And my model Instagram is Ansley Gulielmi, A-N-S-L-E-Y-G-U-L-I-E-L-M-I. Awesome. Right on. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. Good luck. Safe travels around the world. Thank you. You as well. Have fun in Paris and in Spain. It's going to be dope. It is. Thanks. Well, I am going to Paris soon. And um, unfortunately, the uh, Cathedral of Notre Dame burned today. And so I'm going to be there with my daughter Hannah in about uh, two weeks. And ironically, our Airbnb we booked is very, very close to there, just across the river and maybe a a bridge away, like within paces of Notre Dame is where we're going to stay. So um, very sad, very sad that 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 happened in Paris today. But uh, what about Ansley, huh? Honestly, she's she's great, and uh, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I really need to thank Laura Caprara for setting this uh, opportunity up for me. She um, is working a bit with the family, uh, Honestly's mom, and stuff on on a couple different projects, and and she said, hey, maybe uh, maybe this would be a great pairing uh, to have uh, Ansley on the podcast, and I was like, um, yeah, yeah, that would be great. When can we do that? So. She sort of uh, brokered the whole thing just for fun. And we did have fun. And so uh, thank you, Laura Caprara. You're very nice. As always, give us a follow. Give us a like. Talk about the podcast. If you like this episode, please tell people about it. Follow us on Instagram at Full Exposure Podcast. Search me on Facebook at Full Exposure Podcast to get the, get the consistency here. And then... Um, you know, make sure you follow up uh, Ansley's, both her accounts. Uh, Ansley's done a great job. I keep going between Ansley and Ansley. So I'm sorry, Ansley. I sometimes put the on in it. But uh, anyway, uh, please give her a follow. She's uh, got interesting work and she's all over the world. And you'll be able to keep up on some young, amazing talent and uh, keep up on her career. Have a great week, everybody. And uh, go get it, huh? Take care.
Bye-bye.